Welcome back, Explorers! I'm David, that's Wesley, and this is the Trailcast. Weekly show that gets so far off track, you'll have to stick around to see just where we end up. Hold up, wait a minute. Did DC make another movie? That's right. Today we're talking about Blue Beetle. Wesley, today we are talking yeah. about Blue Beetle, and yes, we are. So I have not talked to you at all about this movie since we both have both seen it. So I'm really curious. What what is your uh, what what do you think of the movie? Because I I know we did record um first impressions, but what what's your uh? I don't know if, you, if they've changed any or not, but what's what's your opinion on the movie as of right now? Well, to be honest, I haven't really thought about the movie much since I've seen it. Um, I was actually thinking about it earlier today. I was like, I kind of need to get those thoughts fresh in my brain before I start recording. Um, but I didn't. So, uh, but anyways, my, my, my thoughts for the movie was, uh, this movie is going to tank and it does not deserve that. Mm. It was a good movie. It was a good time. It was a funny movie. Um, obviously, it was an origin story. So, you know, it had some of those very similar basic plots of an origin story. But I don't think it was done bad. Like, I think it was done really well in the way that they told it. Um, I think Blue, Bear, Blue Beetle was a very cool character. I think the actor they chose to play him, you know, did a really good job in the role. Um my my idea, my thoughts of the movie was that um, so it it's uh, played out on a Marvel side of things. It's a DC movie, but played out very much like uh, Spider Man, but kind of like in the Iron Spider suit. That's kind of the way that it kind of felt to me. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I don't think even even though it looks like it's a kind of a copy of that, like it doesn't it didn't it still looked good. Like I still enjoyed the movie. And that that aspect didn't pull me out and be like, oh, this looks like a Spider-Man ripoff. It it just seemed like it was, you know, you could kind of see the parallels. Well, last thing too. So, I felt like this movie was, it felt fresh, and it it was good because I I liked it because it was also self-contained. Because mm-hmm. yes. you because know, uh, for anyone who's been, who's listened to the podcast, that's one of our things we've mentioned about Marvel movies as of late is they're they're, they spend so much time setting up other Marvel projects that the movie itself sacrifices for it. Mm-hmm. Now, with this movie specifically, I, 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 there are some gripes I do have with the movie, and some some of them might get a little bit more into spoilers ish, but uh. So I'm 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 gonna give give that warning a little bit here because I'm not gonna spoil anything specifically. I'm gonna give more broad stuff, but if you don't want any kind of spoilers of any kind, you know, don't watch the or don't listen to what I'm about to say. But 
essentially, so the the main villain, or what? Well, not really the main villain, but the the person who uh, Blue Beetle fights at the end has the exact same power set he does. That's that's one thing that I can't really fault it too much because every comic book movie does that. So I can't. I'm not going to fault it too much for that. Um. Also, I feel like the the story was also very familiar, or was also very reminiscent of a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you 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 picked up on this, Wesley, but uh, it it almost felt like the story was like they'd taken the story of the first Ant Man and then just changed a few things. But oh, I said I think it was a good movie. It was enjoyable. I, I think they did an excellent job with building up the side characters. Yes. But like I said, there's just a couple of things that, you know, just were, were a little bit... I don't know, that I, I didn't quite like about it. But all in all, I would... I, I, I said I would like this movie, and I, I would recommend anyone go watch it. The way I felt coming out of the movie theater was this is one of the first movies I've enjoyed. Like, one of the first superhero movies, one of the first superhero movies I've enjoyed watching in a while. And I'm even going to rank that, or that statement comes in even with Guardians 3. Because even in the realm of Guardians 3, I had to go into the movie theater thinking, where are they at right now? You know, this one was, you could go in blind and you still could enjoy the movie. Whereas in a lot of the, in most of the Marvel movies nowadays, you have to have some kind of background. So I did like that aspect, and I think I enjoyed this more for and, that simple aspect. And, and I do think it was a good movie, too. And that goes back to me saying it's it's a very self-contained movie, which I like. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, though, I was telling Sarah, Sarah this when we were walking out, um, and I don't, I don't, from what I know, I don't think this is the plan. Um, I don't necessarily know what the plan is with, the DCEU or the DCU, whatever they're calling it, when James Gunn takes over. Um, but uh, this would be a very good movie to kickstart their next universe. And it would very much be a copy of, like, you know, Iron Man kicking off the universe. But it was a good movie. It was self-contained. And I feel like if they wanted to, they could branch out from this movie going forward with a fresh universe I don't think they will because I think they have other plans as how they're going to reboot it. But like Iron Man wasn't a no name character. I don't think um, it, when when Iron Man came out, but he wasn't like Superman, Spider Man, Batman, like those big hitters. DC's trying way too hard to make good movies with those characters. It's been done too much. They need to bring characters like like Blue Beetle and other characters that are maybe a little bit more obscure. That they can do more with, and I, to, to to flesh out their universe, as opposed to trying to remake Superman and Batman again. And I would argue that's why Shazam and Suicide Squad did so well. I, mm-hmm. Okay, so like the Shazam two, I know bombed at the box office, and I know this movie's probably going to bomb at the box office. Mm-hmm. But box office yeah. numbers do not cor- correlate to quality of the movie. No, but so it does, I'm, I'm it does you, signify I'm, to the producers what to and not to make, even if fans are like, hey, this actually was yeah. good. They need to look at, like, 
they they need to look at like later views because I'm pretty sure even though this is bombs, I think right now on um, Rotten Tomato it has a really good it has a certified fresh score. I think it's pretty high. I haven't looked it up. We could look it up a little bit, but um, uh, they need to look at stuff like that because that's audience reviews. You know how the audience takes the movie. Box office like DC has the look over it of DC makes bad movies. So why would I waste my money going to see it in theaters? You know. So mm-hmm. hopefully they take a look at that as opposed to just the box office. Cause yeah, like you said, this movie's probably going to bomb, even though it's a good movie and it's worth time. People don't trust DC to make a good movie. Now kind of wrapping up our opening uh, state, our opening thoughts of, of the movie here. Um, if you had to rank it on a scale, scale of uh, one to five, where would you put mm-hmm. it? You know, I I always like to figure out where like what a one is and what a five is. But that being said, I'd probably place it about uh, a four because it's not obviously it's not a perfect movie, but it was really good. Uh, as far as DC is concerned, the CGI was really good in this, a lot better than most of their movies. Um, and I think the plot, while you know somewhat basic and somewhat still uh, uh, um, you know traditional origin story it still did feel a little fresh and like i said i enjoyed this one probably it's probably one of the few superhero movies i've enjoyed in a while yeah and actually four was the number i had in my mind too for this movie so well this is weird yeah we're, we're a little bit too much on the same wavelength here we need to get off disconnect yeah um disconnect the bluetooth yeah four was the number i had i had in my, my mind for this too uh Yeah, like I said, all in all, I think I felt like it was a, a pretty good movie. Um, because like I said, it's it's just fresh. Like it's 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 fresh. It's new. Mm-hmm. Like, I, okay, I will say right now, like in, in the past, like for really the past like fifteen years, I would have agreed. Mm-hmm. I would have agreed to the statement that Marvel movies are way better than DC movies. Yeah. Especially this year, the movies that have come out this year. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I think I think like like okay, Shazam 2 Shazam 2 Shazam came out this year. Shazam 2 was really good. The Flash completely like that completely blew my expectations. I had such low expectations for that yeah. movie, and it, like, it way surpassed what I was thinking. The no, let's let's ask be. this. Let's ask. Let's ask this before you get too far. For the Flash, was the Flash actually good, or was it that the expectations were so low that it just was better than that? I don't know. I think I need to give it another watch because I have not watched it since. Yeah. Since the first time I watched mm-hmm. it, opening weekend. So I think I need to give it another watch, but. Yeah. Okay, like comparing it to okay, and I don't know the only Marvel movies that have come out this year were Quantumania and Guardians Three, which I I did like Guardians Three because I felt like it was a good ending wrapping up to the um rest of the Guardians movies. Now, if it was if it weren't for the first two Guardians movies, I don't know how well I would have ranked it, but I felt like it was a good ending to that. But when you compare these movies to Quantum Mania, Quantum Mania was just such of a eh movie. Yeah. 
So, and, and like, even if you compare Marvel movies from, like, the past past few years, like, uh, what was it, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Thor, Love and Thunder, and, what well, there's another one, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, came out last year. Mm-hmm. I think... Now, I think the, the... Wakanda Forever, Wakanda Forever, I think, was part of the drop-off... And let, let me let me make my make sure I, people understand what I'm saying when I say that. The first half of the movie was really good, and then it completely dropped off. And then I think since then, Marvel's just not been putting out as good content. <laughs> but like, we're, like, there's there's aspects of Wakanda Forever that I I would say in my mind, like like speci- specifically the stuff they did with T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman and all, like they did that really well. But Namor was such a forgettable character. And really, like, just wasn't that good of a villain. And I feel like his aspect of the story really just falls flat. Whereas, like, the rest of the story, I think, was done really well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say of the of the Marvel movies that came out last year, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn. Like, there were aspects of each one that I liked, but then there were aspects <laughs> of each one that I didn't like. So I don't even know where yeah. I don't even know where I would rank them, but I would say the um, I with with Wakanda Forever I did like Shuri's arc and I did like mm-hmm. the way they did, the way they dealt with uh, the death of Chad Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And well, I think that pretty reasonably wraps up our uh, spoiler-free review. So mm-hmm. we might want to go ahead and jump into the rest of the podcast oh well, i thought we'd already uh wrap that up with um our ratings but yeah. i wasn't sure we had we hadn't started uh we hadn't I mean, that, that's perfectly fine but we hadn't really started spoiling things for it so okay so yeah we can jump back into blue beetle anything cause... anything beyond anything beyond this point is spoilers so if you've been listening you haven't really cared too much about anything up to this point uh and you want to see the movie none of that sentence made any sense but basically spoilers from here on out yeah. So jumping back into Blue Beetle, and one thing I do want to mention too is we probably are going to compare this movie to Marvel movies a lot and other DC movies a lot. Yes. Just because, okay, so I I know sometimes comparisons like that can get kind of annoying, but when you have, you know, like all the comic book movies that we've gotten in the past 15 years. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to compare a comic book movie to. Yeah. So that that's kind of so when we talk about this, we're going to compare. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to compare it to a lot of these as a benchmark for you know where this one, this uh, movie sits. Anyway, earlier you mentioned the Rotten Tomato score for Blue Beetle, and I just I just had that pulled up yes. here. So the critic score is a seventy six, which that's really good for a critic score. The audience yeah. score is a 92. I thought it was in the 90s. Yeah. It's a 92. That I don't think any of the movies we've talked about this year have been that high for an audience score. It's this this movie is going to be extremely underrated even though it is worth the time to go and watch the movie. Like <clears throat> it was really good. Mhm. You know, obviously, like you said there, there there are obviously things that you can nitpick to it, and they may not be you know oh this I didn't like how this was, and like you said the the in fight with the villain was uh, a you know same on same kind of the same deal every every other superhero movie, especially origin stories do, but like 
the story was fresh. The story was different. You're not having to come in with a bunch of other baggage and knowledge. And that in fight was still good. Like it still looked really mm-hmm. cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like how they kind of did the, like earlier you compared him to Spider-Man, which, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do watching that. I did kind of think of think of that. It's like, he he's not exactly a like uh, I wouldn't say he's a ripoff of Spider Man or Iron Man, but it's almost like the if I were to explain the character of Blue Beetle, it would be almost like a mix of Spider Man and Iron Man. Iron Spider. Yeah. When when uh, he was transforming into the suit. And the um the claws or whatever came out, mm-hmm. my mind immediately went to Iron Spider, and I was like, "This is gonna be like a quote unquote rip off of Iron Spider." But, okay, like, like, even like, though even though it it didn't completely rip it off. But what I mean by that, so it's basically it's like okay, you take like okay, Hamy Reyes is very like very similar to Peter Parker, but mm-hmm. you know the young kind of you know inexperienced. Uh, he's not. A genius like Peter Parker is, but you know, still like you know the young, kind of inexperienced, quippy, and then you give him Iron Man's nanotechnology, is essentially what the Blue Beetle is. And I know because a lot yeah, of a lot of people, a lot of people, myself included, before this didn't I, I didn't really know much about the character. I actually did do some a little bit of research into the character of the Blue Beetle, um, just because I want to know a little bit more. And uh, I'll get into that a little bit later after we um, kind of go over. I don't know how much of the plot you actually want to go over, but it, after we you know talk about the plot a little bit more. But uh, mm. yeah. So, do you want to like dive into the plot at all? Um. Yeah, we can. Um. But what was I was gonna say real quick. Um. Oh, also with the suit. So. Um. And this this kind of goes in hand in hand with the, the plot, obviously, because the suit is part of the plot. Um, but the suit is a symbiote of of some kind, mm-hmm. and it has you know the the voice in the head kind of a thing. And so I also liked like the bonds at the end of the movie that they showed between the suit and um, um, Jaime. Right, right was his name? Jaime. You you Jaime or Jamie? Jaime. Jamie, Jamie is, yeah, is either English way. name, but yeah, it's the English version of it. Yeah, um, I used both in the uh, in the in my spoiler free review that mm-hmm. I did right after the movie. But uh, it was that the the bond that they had at the end of the movie. Um, I really liked that, like the way that they they developed that, and um, it was very reminiscent reminiscent of like the bond between uh, Venom and Eddie Brock in uh, the Venom movie is similar, you know, and kind of how the way, cause he's obviously a symbiote as well. And so I kind of like that. And I would like to see more of this character in the future, but then also like, you know, a lot of times sequels don't always do well, but it's like, I would like to see more of this character because of the, the way that it was set up, you know, how he came to it at the end of it all. Like, you know, it was a very good, the character growth in this movie was done very well. Mm. Um, but we can dive into the plot of the movie, which will explain more about the suit. Okay, well, so essentially, like you said, the uh, the plot of the movie mm-hmm. revolves around the scarab. So, 
basically, uh, I'm, I'm not going to dive too much into the plot. I'm just going to sum- summarize the plot. But essentially, so there's this, uh, you know, big company, Cord Enterprises. They found the Scarab, and the um, CEO w- wants to use it to design their own version of it for weapons to sell to the military. And, you know, that's kind of the revol- r- plot revolving around this. So they're researching it, and then, so the CEO's uh, niece ends up uh, taking the scarab before they're done researching it. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with, going on with Amy during all this. Like he's he was working at their one of the or one of the CEOs uh, like mansions or whatever as a um as a um cleaning boy or something as a staff pretty much and yeah he ends up getting fired because he stands up for uh the niece Jennifer I'll, I'll just start using names Jennifer and uh, I say let's if you know names pull up names I'm gonna pull yeah, up the well, IMDb because I don't remember names yeah but he stands up for for Jennifer in front of uh I forget her name the CEO's name. Uh, but yeah, you know he stands up for Jennifer. He gets fired, and then long story short, he ends up with the scarab because Jennifer gives it to him, so she can uh get you know get away because uh after she steals it, the building goes on alert and whatever. Anyway, so her name is uh Jenny. Jenny. Okay. So Jennifer. Jennifer. It might be sticking in the mind because uh last week Jennifer was the girlfriend. Um, well, no, they they did say they, they did call her Jennifer, but I think I think they called her Jenny more oh. often in the movie. Anyway, but yeah, I anyway. don't remember. Uh, Victoria Victoria Cord is the Victoria CEO. Cord, yeah, yeah, and Jenny Cord is the niece. Anyway, so yeah, um, so one thing leads to another. The the um Scarab ends up bonding with Hammy, and he goes, you know, the classic like you know. Superhero once they first get their superpowers, go flying around, breaking a bunch of stuff. Classic, classic break, cut a bus, bus in half kind of a deal, you know, like exactly. every other superhero does. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, so Cord Enterprises wants the Scarab back, and that pretty much drives the plot for the rest of the movie. Uh, they end up capturing Hamey after they, uh, after. Uh, they threaten his family. They threaten his family. They threaten his family. Mm-hmm. And then his family, with the help of Jenny, have to go to an island off the coast of Cuba and rescue him. Mm-hmm. So that that's the and, very and hey, summar- and gran- very basic grandma. Summary. Yes. So Hamie's grandma's a badass. Hamie's nana was a former revolutionary. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it shows too. They, they they don't say in what revolution, but she was a former revolutionary. <laughs> she she was a former revolutionary in all of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, th- th- speaking of speaking of the family, though, um, some more stuff to dive into here. Uh, the while it's all been done before, okay, let's just get that off the table. Everything in this movie, in some way, shape, or form, has been done, despite this being done in its own way. Um, but his father dies mm-hmm. in, in the, in the movie, um, when they attack the house and they capture his family, um, his, his, uh, father, he, he goes and helps, his, helps his family. They start escaping. 
Um, his father, uh, what was it? I think his sister falls behind. So his dad goes back to rescue her. Uh, and I think he punches a guy, one of and the guards. The guard hits him, and then he ends up having a heart attack um, is the gist of it. They mentioned earlier but, in the movie um, he had heart problems, so... Yes, so they do mention that. Um, but anyways, his he his uh he has a heart attack and dies, and um so, uh, later on in the movie after they text uh capture Jamie, um they uh he kind of that the, they're trying to take the information out of the symbiote or the what's it called the um scarab. The scarab. So they try and take the information out of that so they can have it for the um for the other suits that they're planning on making. And when they're doing that, because it's attached itself so much to um to Jamie and his mind and all, when they're taking it out, it's basically gonna kill him. So he's like straddling in that like life or death, you know, little area, that realm, you know, they show in movies, and his dad's there. And I just have to say that that scene is extremely emotional. And was very well done. No, okay, so like I said earlier, they did a really good job with the side characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, like all the stuff, you know, with with uh, Hamie's dad passing away, all that is very mm-hmm. emotional. They, they did a good job of making use. It is very, yeah. And I don't know necessarily if it's, if you're feeling empathy for Hamie or if you're actually attached to that character. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But they, the way they did it, yeah. it's still emotional. Well, I also think that, like, a lot of it, too, and then I don't know if this is just strictly something I do or, you know, I mean, it comes to, like, empathy or whatever, but, like, you know, I, I just put myself in that position, and I think, well, what if this was me in that position with my dad? And, like, that really just usually hits it for, mm-hmm. for me. If that's if that's a kind of a, a, a – if that's the kind of thing a movie can – emotion they can evoke out of me, they usually get me in that, and this one did very well with that. Like, those scenes, and, like, his dad was like, you know, this is not your time – you know, but but and then there, and, oh, another thing with this is that earlier in the movie, they were talking about um, like what 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 their purpose was in life. And it gets called back at, in this scene because his dad says he knows what his purpose was in life. And his purpose was to be here to help Jamie push on after he dies and after, you know, because it's not Jamie's time. He says, it, you know, I know what my purpose is, is to be here right now with you so that you you know, become the hero you're supposed to become. So that was a really good touching. Obviously, yes, you can call it cheesy or whatever, but it was very well done. It it, it was very emotional and it was very good. I was kind of half expecting a, uh, you know, like a line similar to with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. But <laughs> just because that is yeah, so, so just because that is so reminiscent of Uncle Ben. But like I said, mm-hmm. and, and like you just mentioned, the <clears throat> This movie, everything in this movie has been done before in comic book movies, but it still yeah. feels fresh. They did mm-hmm. it in a yeah. very, like I said, they did it in a very good way. It still feels fresh. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing, now one, one thing, one thing that I, go ahead. one thing I do feel like was a little rushed. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, I guess rushed. So. Was the um relationship between Hamie and Jenny? Because I feel like they didn't really like that. You know, there was a couple scenes where they you know kind of built on it a little bit more, but they didn't really 
explore that to the you know to the point where you know like the end, you know the, where they were at the end. Yeah. Then it really I feel like I feel like that was a little bit of a leap. I don't feel like it was forced, but I feel like it was rushed. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, but I think the reason that it doesn't feel like it was forced, and I feel like the reason that if you're not really being too scrutinizing over it, it doesn't really play as a problem is because of the chemistry that Mm -hmm. they had. Like they had really good chemistry throughout the movie. So when it comes to the end of it, while you might be like, huh, you know, I see it here and there, but it's not like the most obvious thing that they've been, you know, kind of hitting towards this. It's not like, wait, where did that come from? It's not like Anakin and Padme, Mm -hmm. you know, no chemistry, no nothing. We just need a baby for the new trilogy. Oh, and, uh, so, I don't know why this like in, in, for me this this was like I, with this movie I I had a I had a fun time watching it and trying to like in my mind predict what was about to happen and so uh-huh. that scene when uh, they're in uh, the old like cord manor or whatever and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Hamie and Jenny are having that you know like heartfelt conversation or whatever and I was like okay this yeah. this scene. I was just, I was just thinking about it, like okay so this scene is going to end with them about to kiss and then uh, Hamie's uncle's gonna come in and say something and that's exactly what happened yeah <laughs> yep well hey Dave like we said it's, it's, everything's been done before so you've just seen this movie just with a uh, different skin yeah. over it you know yeah. <laughs> different name but uh, but like speaking the, of um what's his name the uncle Rudy um Rudy yeah Uncle Rudy yeah he uh. He uh, was extremely fun. I mean, the whole the whole movie, the comedy in this movie was great, mm. like top tier comedy in this movie. And he was a lot to do with it. Like a lot of his lines and a lot of him, he was obviously there for comic relief and he did a really good job in that role. And it didn't seem forced like, you know, it all it all just really. It was funny. It was a funny movie. I laughed a lot. Mm hmm. I love all the scenes with him in, a, in the in the the truck yeah. or the taco. Oh. <laughs> the taco. Huh. Hey, hey, hey! Wait, it's the, the new one. Hey, it's blue. Thank you. I'll see about that. Uh, help, help me, uh, help me like this. <laughs> yeah, he, his uh, yeah, he brought a lot of comic relief to the, to the movie. Um, it, was, it was just yeah, that was yeah. really funny. His character. Yeah. And so so did the um I think they just called her Nana throughout the movie, but so did she. Yeah. Yeah, she was uh you know, like all her lines are in um in uh Spanish, but mm-hmm. like, you know, uh just like her facial ex- I and mean, she didn't even have that many lines to begin with. Um, but well, just just her facial expressions. And then the gun scenes where she was shooting the minigun, you know. And, uh, I feel like they did a good job, because, like, okay, so, I'm pretty sure in this this movie, it was supposed to be, like, most of the time when they were, like, at home and stuff, they were supposed to be talking Spanish, even though they, you know, like, a lot of of the dialogue was in English, just so you didn't have to read, Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, closed captions the whole time, but I feel like they did a good job with, like, balancing the, um, like, you know, because because the, mm. the family is Hispanic, so you know, obviously they speak Spanish. I, but... I did like the the um 
the integration yeah. of of Spanish into this movie. Um, you know, it, it was it was good. It was done well. It was a nice touch, mm. and you know, I, I like that aspect. They, they, of they it. did it what like the the balancing it. They did it well with like, you know, and and, and like uh, when you know whenever they said something, what you know, like I, I've seen some movies before where like, you know they might say something in a different language, and it might be uh kind of hard to understand like with with the what little you know they might they might put too many too much on screen at one time or whatever I mean, you might not get everything they did a good mm-hmm. job of spacing it out and everything yeah. you know so you can actually understand everything that's being said even if you don't speak spanish you know yeah 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 with the english so, subtitles yeah i think i think they did a really good job with that that was that was an aspect like when when i was watching i was like you know, this this was like, you know, it's one of those movies like, yeah, it's, you know, Hispanic main uh, main cast or whatever. And so they they speak Spanish. They speak Spanish in the movie, too, even though they speak a little English. And I was like, you know, this movies like that sometimes aren't always done well. But, you know, in the past couple of years, a lot of times when they've started integrating those types of themes into movies, they've been doing really good. And this one did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like you were going somewhere with that. You said you, <laughs> you said so so. So, David, see what I was going to say was as as well, you know, and and then from there I was going to say well, and so. So one thing I do I do want to talk about so um. So in the movie, obviously they talk about how uh, um, Jenny's dad—I forget what his name was supposed to have been in the movie. Um, oh, Ted, Ted Cord was the original Blue Beetle. Yeah. So, like, I'm non-fascist Batman. I also want to get into that too. <laughs> So we'll we'll get into of course that. You do. We'll get into that later. But uh so there were actually in, in the comic books there are actually three blue beetles. Okay. So uh uh Jaime Reyes was actually the third. Now, when we talked about uh DC Comics originally in that one like it was like our fourth or fifth podcast episode. It was early on, I know that. It's honestly a really bad episode, but anyway. Well, it was like the fourth or fifth time we tried talking about it, so, you know. Yeah, anyway. We didn't know what we were doing. Let's face it, we still don't know what we're doing. It's fair, that's fair. That's probably why the numbers show, yeah. or what the numbers show. Anyway. But anyways. Anyway, so, um, in that, I had, you know, we found that, uh, the Blue Beetle was originally created... The character was originally created in 1939. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I, I... If I remember correctly, I don't think it was originally created by DC Comics. No, it was created by some, um... Okay, so... The original... Shoot. The original... Blue Beetle... Mm-hmm. Was named Dan Garrett... And so okay. he got his power from eating a vitamin, and he got powers. Hey, my vitamins never, <laughs> so no wonder I have no powers. Oh, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, 
So I need to yeah, eat so, my so, vitamins is so what he, I'm, he, I'm hearing. He, he ate a vitamin and it gave him um, superhuman abilities. And so that's where he... Oh, um, let me see. Uh, the article I read, yeah. said just had super, superhuman abilities. All right, so let's see. Dang. Well, see, that's just very lame to hear. I don't want superhuman abilities. I want superpowers. I want razor. Razor. Uh, razor whiskers. What? Um, cannon balls. And... Oh. Um. Okay, so here we go. So, Dan Garrett was a fictional superhero originally appearing in American comic books published by Fox Comics. Shoot cannonballs. Uh, so, Fox Comics was, uh, I think, bought by D or I think American comic books was bought by DC, and that that's where that came from. Anyway, so let's see if I have if I can find a power set here. Atomic sneezes. Um, let's see. I should have gone to the DC wiki, not the um actual Wikipedia article, because you know I feel like nerds are more likely to actually use the DC wiki. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh no, David, do you use it? Are you a nerd or a geek? Yes. Now there's supposedly a difference, but I don't, I don't remember. I have to go oh, back here, and watch the um. Okay, here we go. The Red Link video. Abilities. All right, what we got? Okay, what's the abilities? Atomic sneezes. Hand to hand combat. That's not ability. Flight. Batman's got that ability. Okay, that's ability. Energy projection. What's that mean? Um, I think that's like Green Lantern kind of powers. Okay. Um, superhuman strength and superhuman durability. Okay. So, essentially, he was Superman with energy projection. So, Green Lantern with uh, super strength. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so then, uh, after uh, Dan Garrett... Uh, there was Ted Cord. What happened to Dan Garrett? In the 60s, he was replaced by Ted Cord. That's it? Um, I have... Did he die? Did he, did he get too well, old? Okay, let me, let me do a more... Let me see if I find that. But, okay, it says in the 60s, the character was revamped, and a new Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, emerged as a genius inventor without superpowers, relying on gadgets and intelligence. So they basically turned Blue, Be Blue Beetle from Superman into Batman. I think this was after DC had bought the character. Um, I don't know why they do that, though. You know, but there is the one thing, though, because in the, in the opening scene, or when they were showing, like, the different uh, newspaper clippings, and they're talking about cord industries or whatever. Um, uh, I did see, you know, they did say something about Blue Beetle and like the fighting. So I was kind of curious as to how that was going to play it off, uh -huh. play out. But I guess, I guess, if you're a big, you know, comic book fan and you know a lot about the character of Blue Beetle, then none of that was a surprise to you that Ted Cord was going to be revealed to be, you know, the mm -hmm. Blue Beetle because. 
Well, it and, was all there. So in that, er, like I said earlier, when I said it's a bit, you know, basically a ripoff of Ant Man, that's one of the big things where I'm getting that from is, you know, okay, so you know the the new character picks up the mantle from the you know old retired uh, superhero, and then you know he uh, uh, falls in love with the old retired superhero's daughter, and then you know. <laughs> oh. Well, if you explain it like that, I can kind of see it. And then, but his, and then uh, the old retired when, when you first and then the old retired super or the old retired superheroes company, the person who's running that company is the main villain, and they they design a suit that matches the powers of the um, main hero, and and this final fight. <laughs> so final fight scene at the end where the main hero's family is threatened, and <laughs> so you know. So, see, like that, yeah, if, if you if you break it down like that, I can see. When you first originally said it, I was like, okay, I can kind of get to get the idea from it. Um, so, I didn't really see it. When you say it like that, it, it makes a little bit more sense. I do understand so in that, that's, that sense that's, how it's pretty similar. That's where I got that wrong. I don't really think it's that, like, that, it's not a blatant ripoff, and it's not like a... Um, well, it's because it's, well, because you also have to, like, like, Think about how generic of a synopsis you just gave exactly. to make it match the exactly. storyline. Like it, it, it is when you go into the actual movie watching it. That's not usually a thought that you'd have, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about that. So, anyway, jump back into Ted Core, the character from from the comic books. I've also got abilities for Ted Cord, even though it says he doesn't have any. Comic sneezes. So he's got genius level intellect. Okay. He's got. He, Smarts okay. is a superpower. Okay, and then under abilities it says excellent athlete, acrobat, and hand-to-hand combatant. Again, are those necessarily ability? I guess they're abilities, but they're not like superhuman abilities. Um, possesses possesses advanced weapons and equipment. That's not an ability. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, what's what's Batman's superpower? He's rich. I mean, you know. <laughs> so I think possessing big weapons is, uh, you know, big guns is a superpower. And then a uh, highly skilled spy. Okay. Okay, let's, let's talk about it this way, okay? Would you consider Batman to be, um, like, his skill level, his skill set to be a normal like it's definitely above normal super ability su- uh, human okay. abilities if, so he's semi superhuman if i were going it, but it's from working hard if i were talking about batman's abilities so you you have to separate abilities and arsenal so all of his gadgets and yeah, tools yeah. go into arsenal his abilities include well i'm like martial arts i'm, I'm talking less about that his abilities yeah. include like martial arts and uh um, I would, I would put his in, his intellect in there too, but uh, re- yeah. really, but that's more that's more what I'm talking about. Less about his actual weapons because that and, well, I, that that's so, not a that's not an ability, obviously. So like I, I'm I'm not arguing that aspect. So if you're talking about uh like Batman's abilities, like I said, I would I would put uh all the martial arts he knows, his intelligence, and his stealth, because those are, those are the three okay. big biggest things about batman yeah but what i'm getting at is the fact that you would classify those as superhuman Mm. being that not only is it not something that the average human can achieve 
even the above average human beings have to work extremely hard to get to that level. You know, Batman's like Batman well, is the one percent. Well, and if you want to talk about it too, like you know, basically every way. Well, also like, that's not fair. Also, if you want to talk about it too, like uh, you know, Batman's supposed to be like an expert in almost every martial art that exists. No one is at that level. Like, you, no. you, you have experts in single martial arts, maybe even two martial arts, but not every single martial art that exists. And you also have to think about the fact that Batman is, or Bruce Wayne is how old? You know, like in, 40, in the later yeah. iterations, probably at most, at most 30 or 40 years old, you know? So he learns all that from basically probably about 18 to 20 whenever he sets out on his own depends on what iteration it is but let's say early 20s till you know 30 35 mm. like 15 to 15 years to learn and master all the that's obviously he's you know he's a comic book character but anyways blue beetle yeah superhuman as well yeah e even but blue e even ted cord who didn't actually have traditional superpowers yeah yeah, <clears throat> that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, and then of course you. And get... then and then uh, is uh is uh it's Jaime Reyes, right? Yeah, Jaime Reyes is his full name. Yep. Okay, so when he comes along in the comic books, does it play out very similar to how it does in the movie, or is it a little bit different? Um, I think so. So, um, like so in this uh on this Wikipedia article, it has a uh, part or partners. For uh, Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes is one of them, so I imagine that they did work alongside each other. It, may, it I don't know if it was like a mentor to um, like student kind of a thing, or if they actually were like kind of like a kind of like a Batman Beyond kind of a deal, maybe. Maybe I don't I don't know exactly how that is in the comics. Um, I have some uh, Blue Beetle. I have a Blue Beetle comic. Mm. Yeah, so, I saw it one day. It was about the only one that caught my eye, and I bought it. Yeah. It's like issue five of like twenty. Yeah, Jaime, yeah, Jaime Reyes was introduced. I don't know what's going on. Jaime Reyes was introduced into the comics in like the early two thousands. Okay. Um. So that being said, uh, when it comes to, and I think this is probably one of the first places that you and I, at least I know for sure, I did. Um, was introduced to the character of Blue Beetle was in the Batman the Brave and the Bold cartoon TV, TV series. Mm -hmm. That Blue Beetle seems a lot more similar to this one. Is it supposed to be the same character? I don't remember enough yes, about that, the show. To... That was, yes, that was Jaime Reyes. Okay. Yeah. Um, say the, suit, the suit looks the same. So I, didn't, I don't know if the suits changed to, for each person well, has a different it, looking suit. I would assume. It was the Scarab, too. So, Jaime Reyes was the only one that had the Scarab. Okay. Now, uh, they talk in the movie about how the Scarab was uh, originally um, a host, or had another host. Yeah, so, okay, so, I did, uh... And, I actually, and that they died, and that's why they know... know so I actually did watch a uh, comics explained video. What about his character? So I did. Is he someone in the comics at any point in time that was a hero, or is he just more a lab experiment? So there was actually one in the um, 
he was in a couple comics, so I did watch a Comics Explained video earlier today from the YouTube channel Comics Explained, um, talking about the origins of the Scarab itself. So, I forget the name. There's a lot of, like, comic book names for, like, alien species or whatever. Um, let's see if I can find this, uh, the names for the aliens. Um... Okay, so originally there. Were, okay, so in DC Comics, there's a bunch of like ancient alien species. So one of them is called the Reach, and they they were the ones that made the Scarab. So the the Reach and the um, I forget what it is the the um whatever the species that had originally created like the Green Lantern Corps. Do you remember what the, do you remember what that uh, what they're called? I am not up to date on my DC. I'm just gonna say that. So no Okay. Uh let me see let me see if that I can look it up. Um yeah look look that up real quick. But anyways, what were you saying? Um, well, that's the original Green Lantern. That's not what I want. Okay, uh, but basically, the um, so the Reach had created these uh, scarabs to take over the. Now I'm talking strictly comics right now. The the there could be a different or slightly different origin story in the movie universe because they did not dive into the origin story of the scarab itself. But essentially, the Reach had made these scarabs to take over the universe because they weren't the um the I forget again the the species that you know essentially founded the Green Lantern Corps. Had base guardians of the universe is what I'm saying. Okay, whatever the the guardians had. We'll see, baby. They were basically ancient uh, enemies. The Reach and the Guardians were basically ancient enemies, and the the Guardians had restricted the Reach to a single planet, and the Reach wanted to conquer okay. the universe, so they sent out these scarabs to essentially they would bond with the strongest host on the planet and this host would essentially the scarab would essentially take over the host completely and wipe everything out on the planet let the reach come and take over so uh, apparently so the first planet this uh, war plan so the first planet that the, the this scarab had gone to it bonded with a little girl and it was essentially it was essentially like a, uh, like a uh, same origins as like the Venom symbiote in Marvel comics. If you don't know, the reason the Venom symbiote is just so like completely insane is because the first person it bonded to was Deadpool. 
Yeah. So it bonded with the, with this little girl. It's funny. It bonded with this little girl, and this little girl again was completely insane. And so the scarab had to detach itself from her to save its own life. And this whole that whole uh, scenario scarred it, and it damaged it, so it can't you it can't even fully control a host anymore. Then when it it was heading back to its home world, you know the home world of the Reach, and one of the Green Lanterns intercepted it and tried to, to capture it. It went through a wormhole, ended up on Earth, like five thousand years ago or something, in the Yucatan Peninsula, in Mexico, and it bonded with a um like a Mayan warlord or whatever, and so there was a whole bunch of stuff with that. That's the uh person it bonded with originally originally that i think they mentioned it well so they mentioned that in the movie but they the also movie they mentioned it they also mentioned the like friend of ted cord i don't know if that was a thing yeah in the comics but uh okay that's more what i was asking about yeah. because i was wondering i was wondering if it was a character that was at one point like a superhero of some sorts or if it was like like you know yeah, but what that was in the comics but okay yeah they, they, i don't know if it mentioned that but uh yeah, and essentially it um over time got it got discovered because the, this uh Mayan war, lor, warlord before he died, he uh realized how destructive the symbi or the um scarab was. So he essentially <clears throat> went to this uh pyramid, destroyed the pyramid on top of him and buried himself and the scarab lost the time and then you know later on yeah. a, later on a company d- dug it up i don't know if it was court industries but it was a just a company dug it up and one thing led to another and ended up bonding with jaime reyes sounds like uh sounds sounds pretty good sounds like a comic book explanation more or less <laughs> it, it does it's very complicated yeah that's because it came from a comic book <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Well, if you want a better explanation than the one I just gave, go look up Comics Explained's video on the Scarab. I'm just gonna probably throw, a, I'm just a gonna more um, more cohesive, probably a more cohesive com- um, explanation for it. Yeah. Than what was just given. Yeah, because I'm not a com- <laughs> I'm not a comic book expert. Just throwing that out there. Not only that either. I would even. I would also say that if we were making a video about it, one, we'd do more research, and two, we'd have a script, and three, we'd edit it. Yeah, yeah. This is all. This is all freehand or un unfiltered. Unfiltered, unedited, un everything. It's just a conversation. Un everything. It's just a conversation between friends. Well, David. First off, I need to bring a friend on, and then we can call it a conversation <laughs> between friends. Mic drop. What you gonna do about it? Actually, to be honest, um, when this comes out, this past week was my birthday, and you actually remembered, despite the, the fact that you said you do it to annoy me. I didn't remember to actually text you on your birthday, so I think I'm probably the the worst friend here. Whereas you're actually a pretty pretty, you're subpar. Yeah. So um, I can't give you too high praise. So for what Wes is talking about me annoying him. I said, I found a um, YouTube short of a guy singing "Happy Birthday," 
And apparently he had d done a bunch of them, so I found 21 of them and sent them to him periodically throughout the day. <laughs> trying to annoy I him. I swear, you made those. Uh, it looked exactly <laughs> like you. Oh, what a... <laughs> like, when you first did it, I was like, I was like, I know it's not David, but it looks exactly like David. <laughs> and you did it, and the, the impression, in the impression you did when you sent, sent me the last one, because uh, the last one you sent, you sang, mm. it sounded, like, spot on. <laughs> so... Very well done, David. Very well done. That's, that was the only present I needed that day. It was it was amazing. The, just and the last one. The rest were annoying. So the the channel I was talking about is a uh, ethereal in e. Never heard of him before. The, before I found that, it just randomly came up and he, one of his uh, shorts just randomly came up in my shorts feed like three weeks before, and I was like, okay, that's perfect. So I uh, saved it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I guess, I guess, uh, to to be honest, I guess we could consider ourselves friends, um, because you know I always have strange relationships with my friends, and you know, I annoy them. So it's a, it's an annoyance relationship. I consider those to be my friends. I think that's the kind of relationship we have here. So I guess we can consider it a conversation among peers of friends. <clears throat> Not colleagues, I guess. We could be colleagues, but not really. I suppose. Man, you know, you, you remember when we were talking about uh, when we both lived in the same place, and we were like, "Yeah, we should, uh, we should um, get a job at the same place." I wonder how that would have worked out. I don't know if it would work well, or if it would have been bad, or if it would have been good for us but bad for everyone else. I feel like that would probably been the actual way it would have gone. <laughs> I feel like it would have depended on the job too. That's fair. If it was something that we That's could, fair. if it was something that we could have done and uh, like smack talked and trashed each other throughout the entire day, yeah. we would have been fine. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it all depends. But uh, anyways. Do we have much more to say about Blue Beetle? I, I, I probably don't specifically, but if you have more you wanted to say about the character of the movie, um, I guess we can go ahead and yes, jump into that. I do actually have something that I, again, I'm, I may have started nitpicking movies way too much, but in the one scene when Jenny uh, takes uh, Jaime and Rudy to like cord like the cord mansion or whatever the old like abandoned one or whatever mm -hmm. so you know she has the watch and she opens the um like thing to like the blue beetle cave or whatever so it's a spiral staircase mm -hmm. and at the top it go the, the stairs go down clockwise when they get to the bottom in the scene like when they're at the bottom it goes down counterclockwise mm -hmm. I'm. I might be the only person who noticed that, or who that bothered. But <laughs> I'm not the only one that noticed it. I mean, there are people who actually do this for a living. But uh, yeah, I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> yeah, like, that's I, funny though. That's I, funny. I noticed. I don't know if one of the shots was like mirrored or something, or if they literally just didn't pay that much attention to it. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know that I. I for the first couple of movies that we did this for, when we went to the movies and then we'd come and talk about it on the podcast, um, I I really was like gonna scrutinize every little detail. So when I was watching it, like, you know, 
I, whether I remembered it or not, like I would, I would be like, oh, I didn't like this little thing here. This little detail was off. Therefore, you know, when I went into this one, I was a little bit more like, and I've been doing this for more movies recently. Cause I'm like, I got to go into a movie and just enjoy it. If I enjoy it, I'll enjoy it. If I don't enjoy it, I don't know why. And so I've kind of started taking a little bit step back from trying to be so scrutinizing. Mm. I didn't notice that thinking about it. Cause I can kind of see it in my head. I, it, you know, I kind of, I kind of get what you're saying, but yeah, I did not notice that. I think you're being a little bit too nitpicky. Oh, you gotta no, no, sit, I, I gotta sure, enjoy the movie. No, I for sure am being too nitpicky. That's, that's not even a detail. That's that big of a deal, but no, oh. no. but, uh, but David had a problem with it. So next time, DC, make sure you get it right. I don't care if you have everything of the whole movie on your plate and, you know, you have to get it out because the producers are on your tail. No, you got to make sure every little detail makes sense and is right. Everything has to be right. You could have just Otherwise, mirrored, David will not like it. You could have just mirrored that one scene when they opened the thing and it would have worked perfectly. Maybe they forgot that they mirrored one and they didn't mirror the other. Maybe, I don't know. Or they just literally didn't care because it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> they're like, they're like, uh, they're, they're, they're building the set and the guy builds it the wrong way and they're like, oh, okay, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then someone comes on and is like, no, 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 David's going to hate it. And they're going to be like, who's David? And we're like, they're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> But he's gonna hate it. Uh huh. Yeah. Very convoluted uh, explanation here, but uh, yeah, that works. Now, um, they didn't change it though. Now, I also do have a little bit of a um, a rant here, too. Okay. So this is not so much about the movie itself, but about the internet and Hollywood. Okay. So, okay. So, one of the things that I noticed, or that I'd seen, so I, I did some, I, I watched some videos and stuff about the movie uh, before doing the podcast. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed some people were complaining about was that line that you mentioned about, you know, that Rudy said about Batman being a fascist. In the so it was this was this was that was the end of the first trailer. And that's when all the yeah. stuff. That's when all those stuff. Everyone started freaking out about that. So okay, in the movie, it was a joke. It, it was just a throwaway line. It was a joke. It was like it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. But a lot of people, and this gets into more of the the political stuff on the internet. But a lot of like people on the right were freaking out about that line. But on all reality, it doesn't matter. Like, they, okay, in movies, if you want to get, if you if you if you are into the politics stuff in the movies, they, yes, there are a bunch of legitimate complaints you can make about modern movies, and I'm sure there are some you can make about this movie. But that's not one of them. <laughs> People just need to stop overreacting, and and it's also. And when I, when I say people need to stop, stop overreacting, it's also a little bit of the fault of uh, Hollywood, too, because the um, director was also kind of stirring the pot in this on Twitter. People just need to stop. It was over. all fun and games. 
people just need to stop overreacting with this kind of stuff. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also got to look at it from from, and it was obviously a joke, but um, like in the movie because this wasn't seen in the trailer, but in the movie, like look at the character of Rudy. Mm. Like he's uh, all kinds of the government's watching, all kinds of conspiracy series. Also, so yes, Batman in his mind probably would be a fascist of some kind, mm. you know. So look at it from his character's aspect of it, not just like what. What like like you said, it doesn't matter. It's a movie, and you know, don't get your feelings hurt over a fictional thing with a throwaway line that was there for comedy. Mm. You know, not, people are gonna do it anyways. Not so. Every, not everything has to be political. And see, that's another thing. I feel like okay, I feel like there's two sides to this. I feel like with a lot of things, and like I said, there are legitimate arguments you can make, whether you're on the right or the left for for a lot of these movies. And a lot of these stuff, yes, they shouldn't be putting that in there. But all this stuff, you're overreacting. Now, for the Hollywood side of it, I feel like, because I feel a lot of people in Hollywood are more left-leaning. And I feel like they put a lot of this stuff in, For just from my opinion, I feel like they're putting a lot of the stuff in there to get a rise out of the internet. Yeah. Can we just not? That's fair. Can we just stop with all this stuff like there there are movies that actually like actually you know have a point to them and actually should have stuff some stuff like that you know but most movies you're just going there to have a good time and to try to i'm a big believer in escapism i think that's what a lot of media should be it you know if you're constantly throwing all these real world stuff in there it's just like it it you know whether you're on the right or the left it take it it takes you out of it. Can we just stop? Well, I think too that was the original like that is the original intent of movies. That is how like it was escapism and like um for certain things it was also like teaching things. So last night um we watched the um Mr. Rogers movie um mm-hmm. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. Um and so you know. You've watched Mr. Rogers before. You might have seen that movie. Um, but essentially, the Mr. Rogers show was teaching kids about aspects of life, how to deal with feelings and emotions and all that stuff. So there are aspects of like that in movies. Mm-hmm. There are aspects, um, you know, where there are morals to movies. But for the most part, a movie is there to entertain you. And obviously, no, no product that has been made by a person is going to be unbiased everyone's going to come at it with a certain view but when you're making something you shouldn't focus on like you know and i feel like a lot of times nowadays the view has been skewed a little bit but there are certain things that people across all beliefs can say that's right that's wrong and so like that's the gist of, of what you need to do when you're making. You don't need a hat. You need to focus on the good guy beating the bad guy. You know, telling a good story throughout. You don't need to work it. Focus on like the the political side of things. You don't need to focus on the religious side of things. You just need to focus on telling a good story, like you said, for people to escape from mm. reality, and, and like which said, sucks. And like I said, there are 
there are valid, you know, valid movies that have a point, you know, in the political or religious or whatever mm-hmm. or world, you know, whatever worldview that you might want to push. There are valid reasons to have it, but in a comic book movie, yeah, that to me, like that is the epitome of what a movie should be for escapism, like you know, yeah. So, and okay, and I will say this movie, as far as like the the you know move the content in the movie itself like cause all the controversy came from that one li- one line in the trailer as far as this movie goes in itself i think they did a good job of not including all that stuff it was you know it was a pre- you know the movie was just there for the sake of the movie you know which which i well, I, I appreciate and I want to be careful with what I what I'm saying about this too, but um, they did mention a little bit here and there about like, um, you know, uh, it's a Hispanic family, and I think they did mention at some point about like, you know, stuff with immigration and stuff like that. But like, they didn't focus on no. that aspect of it. They 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 might have briefly mentioned that, but they didn't take a stance. They didn't really take. They just were like, you know maybe trying to build a better life for their family. And that was another thing about the movie. The movie was very, very focused on family, Mm. which was very good to see that like the, the, the main, the main focus of the the movie was family, you know, and not in the cheesy way of, you know, fast and the furious, like in a really touching way, (laughs) you know, but they, they did a really good job with that. And they, they really steered clear of any, you know, politicalness with, with a lot of the topics that they could have touched on, you know, in this movie, they, they steer clear of them all. And like, like you said, like this movie, I really did feel like you can say about the controversy with that, but it was a throwaway line in the movie. It was a joke in the movie. And Rudy is a, as a comedic character in this, where most of his lines are pretty just there for the comedy, you know, not, not to be political at all. So it is a very easy, movie to watch and escape you know and mm-hmm. i think you know they did a good job with that where a lot of movies nowadays just don't you know they all and i think hollywood's finding its way back to that because they they've seen that that's not what the public wants to see mm-hmm. a lot of the the more political movies that have come out recently have flopped and have you know tanked in the box office as well as not gotten good scores on them um well, and they've seen that the ones that are less political typically do better because that's not why people go to the movie theaters. They go to the movie theaters to enjoy themselves, not to get something, whether they believe or agree with it or not, have that forced on them I think or par- I think part put of in their face. I think part of the reasons this movie didn't get as political as some <laughs> more recently have is just the fact that it... Uh... Now, I don't know, all studios in Hollywood are generally more left-leaning, but... Mm-hmm. It wasn't Disney, it was Warner Brothers. And Disney has been the one to, yeah. lately to be the notorious one for putting uh, politics, stuff, political stuff in their films. That's true, too. But yeah. Um, and, and like I said, when I watched the trailer, I did think that line was a little weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't like really give much of a second thought to it. I thought it was weird. I didn't really mm-hmm. think much about it. But, you know, watching the movie itself... It makes sense with that character, like you said. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, and it's you know with the character, it makes sense that you know he he would find some reason to think Batman was a fascist. But you know, yeah, 
Yeah. But yeah, all in all, yeah. Yeah. anyway, I think that's that's most of what I have done with with uh, my rant here. But all in all, going back to the movie itself, I, like I said, I think this was a good movie. I would recommend anyone go watch it. It was a really fun movie to watch. And I say I, I feel like it was the same way with the Flash too. Like, you know, I said this with the Flash, like. I don't know if it's necessarily like an amazing or outstanding movie, but it was a fun theater experience, and I enjoyed watching it. This was definitely better than The Flash, yep. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, definitely a good movie to watch if you don't want to take the risk and go see it in the theaters. Definitely watch it when it comes out on streaming. It is worth the time. It is a good movie, and um, you know. I think it's a good movie to springboard into the new stuff that DC wants to make, despite the fact that I feel like this may get pushed into the old and DC universe. That's, that's kind of what, like, with this movie, like, I feel like this might be part of why people don't want to go see it, too, is, well, for one thing, it's an <clears> unknown <throat> character, and another thing, people might be, like, more of the, I guess, more of the diehard fans might be a little bit, like, Okay, what's the point? Because th- this isn't going to be canon anyway. Which, okay, I hope they keep... Uh, what is his last name? Um, I saw his name earlier. I wasn't going to take a crack at pronouncing it. Um, what did you just do? Go back. Zolo... Ma- I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to... Slaughter his last name, but... Basically, he you know he played Miguel in uh, Cobra Kai, and obviously he was uh, Jaime in Blue Beetle. But uh, I think he did a really good job, and I feel like they need to keep him as Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how well that's going to work with that. I, I don't know. Well, if- also, when it comes to the this movie, what people need to understand is okay. So there's the one line about Batman that we were just talking about. Other than that, this movie basically is completely self-contained doesn't really mention anything I about think, any of the other movies i think Jaime also mentioned superman but okay but it, it was passing a, there was a single passing line about batman and superman that's it yeah and and there's no there's real references to the other movie so even if like this movie later on doesn't become canon like think about it like this if you go back and you watch um, let's say you watch, you know, the, uh, you know, um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Well, those aren't, okay, yes, they are technically canon, but that's because Marvel has to rope everything in. But like, you know, when they were made, they were, they're not canon to the, to the cinematic universe now. If you watch the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they're not canon. They are, but they're not canon to, to what's now. You can kind of think of it the same way as like this, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just a good superhero movie to watch, you know, and it might be one you like. Dark Knight, there we go, there's one. You still might like the Dark Knight movie, Dark Knight Trilogy. It's not canon to anything, but it's a good movie. This is self-contained. It's a good movie to watch. And if they take the character forward, then it will be important. And if they don't, you know, it's still it was still well portrayed, well done. Should be worth some time to watch. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, now what? I guess we can head to a what's new with you if you're done talking about this because I don't really know if I have any, any much else to talk about. I am. 
I don't have much else to talk about with this, and I do have a lot more to talk about in What's New With You. Okay. What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? with you? Yeah! So, Wesley, the question on everyone's mind, everyone, everyone wants to know, what is new with you? With David. With me? New with David. Well, yeah, actually, um, I want to know what's new with you first, because I ha- I know I have a lot to say, so I okay. figured I'd well, go ahead and uh, let you go first. So, I think I actually mentioned, like, later, or, like, in one of the earlier podcasts that I ha- I was watching through Rick and Morty, and somewhere along, oh, the, yes. somewhere along the way, I had uh, stopped, like, somewhere in, like, towards the end of season four. So... I recently picked picked that back up, and I just finished seasons five and six. So, how many seasons are there? Six that are out right now. So, okay, so you you so, you finished? Are they still making them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, and of course, I've also been watching uh, Futurama as well too. Spoilers, even if it's not a show that can be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Rick and Morty's more of a show that can be spoiled because it is more of a um, like continuous storyline than Futurama. But there are still plot threads yeah. in Futurama that you know are overarching. But yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I have finished a lot of things this week. Oh wow! Well, I finished two things, and I might finish more by the time we talk next time. Uh, so I finally finished The Mandalorian. Uh, I had like three episodes left. I finally finished those off. Um, so that I, I thought it ended well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand why it's maybe not everyone's favorite season, but uh, I mean, it didn't keep me intrigued enough to want to continuously watch it, which is why I waited so long to finish it. But I finished it in honor of the fact that uh, as of recording this today, Ahsoka's coming out and looking at the time it has been released. Because uh, it came out at six, although it might have been some other standard time other than Eastern, so it might have come out earlier or later. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I was about to say, anyways, it'll be coming out today. I was about to say, as of recording this episode, Ahsoka had not come out yet, so we have not seen it. I know this episode is going to come yeah. out after, but we have not seen it yet. Yes, we will talk about the first episode next. So we'll talk week. about Ahsoka next weekend. Yeah, we'll talk about the Ahsoka next week. First two, right? Uh, I think it's the first two. It's the first two episodes. Yeah. I think it's the first two. See, I'll be watching those. I do still need to finish The Bad Batch, which I'll be doing this weekend. And I'm going to try and watch Andor, as well as watch Invincible. And I'm going to relax a little bit this week, too. So I have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that also being said, I finished Fallout. Fallout. Fall in order. Fall in order. <laughs> Wrong fall. I finished Fall in order. It was a lot shorter than I thought. Well, not a lot shorter. I've obviously been playing it for a while. I but I want to, when I it, go ahead. I want to ask you about it, but we are talking about it in a few weeks, so I will save it yeah. for then. Yes, it uh, it was good. I am sad that it's over though. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try, and we'll see how 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 the rest of the week goes. Um, I'll see maybe about trying to play through some Fallout. Because I just looked at our calendar. We're talking about it in a couple weeks. So I might try and see if I can try and 
bang that one out in the next couple of weeks. So I don't have it not finished. If I don't have it completely finished by the time we talk about it, I'm just going to kind of well, I am going to re- watch I am the rest gonna, of it. I am going to reshuffle our schedule. So that might get pushed back. It might even get pushed back in the next year. So you, you, you have time. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Uh, I was actually looking at that because I was thinking we could maybe move fall up, fall in order up and fall out back. But if we're shuffling, shuffling things around more, that'd be good. So, okay. Well, basically, I might be revealing a little bit, a little bit, uh, a lot here. But uh, basically, so we are going to be talking about uh, in November, we're going to be talking about the battles, about a songbirds and snakes. And I want to talk about the Hunger Games before then. I don't know if I want to give each movie its, okay. indi- its individual one, or if I want to kind of split it up. Mm. I don't know if I, I don't know if we want to do all four as four individual episodes, or if we might want to do like, uh, um, we'll, like, we'll uh, figure that Hunger out. We Games can discuss that. Fire and then Mockingjay, the two mm-hmm. movies. I don't know if we want to do it that way. I don't know. And then so I want to I want to kind of reshuffle our schedule we'll right here to, to fit those in. But yes, yeah, we we can talk about. Another thing that I have recently done or gotten, it was my birthday this weekend. So I have gotten a full switch now. Oh, wow. So I have a switch that I have a switch that does instead of instead of a switch that doesn't. Well, I still have the switch that doesn't, but I I finally have a switch switch. Yeah, I think I actually knew that you were getting that. I think I can't remember. (laughs) It's probably. Uh, But uh, if if, but yeah, so. if I did know, I had forgotten until just now. <laughs> so, well, I guess it wouldn't matter. You weren't supposed to tell me, anyways. Yeah. But uh, but that's kind of cool. So um, I have that, and uh, yeah. So I I'm starting to. I I won't get caught up this weekend. I have way too many games to play to get caught up on everything. But um, I'm trying to make the most of my week and trying to uh, you know play the video games that I never have time to play. But, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time in the pool because it's nice. Mm-hmm. So, but that's been my week or my, my weekend. But yeah, it, but, but when I was talking about fall in order and I, we obviously need to talk about more about this whenever we're talking about it in a couple weeks. Um, so I switched it from, uh, the, one of the harder modes to the story mode and the story mode playing through that obviously was a lot easier. It would have taken me longer, but I still feel like it would have been like I might want to replay it on that hard harder mode because like it's it was enjoyable, but I feel like it went by too fast playing it mm-hmm. on the easier mode. So like I got the story of it. So I but I like I, I kind of I've grown to like the mechanics of it. So I had played it on uh, Jedi Master, <laughs> I think, or not Jedi Master, Jedi Knight. So that's the no- yeah. that's the normal mode. So story's easy. Might need to play it on that one. Story's easy. Jedi Knight's normal. Then Jedi Master's hard. Jedi or Grandmaster is like uh, extra hard or whatever you know, super hard, whatever you want. Impossible. To call it. Yeah. So if I play it again, I want to play it on Grandmaster. <clears throat> was uh, we probably are talking way too much about this. We'll talk about it again. But was Jedi Knight difficult? Um. So okay, so essentially, Fallen Order is a uh, like it's a platformer like Metroidvania with Souls combat. I don't know if you know yeah. much about Dark or Dark Souls games, but uh, 
didn't play it much. Basically, any basically, you know, you essentially with the difficulties, you just have to be better at the combat for the uh, harder difficulties. Mm. Yeah, I, I will say I I didn't make it tremendously far, but I made it farther than I probably should have with my skill level when it comes to video games on that hard of a level. Mm. So. I don't think I'd want to play the whole game like that because the later the later battles, I know I would probably I would really have a hard time with. But I think I feel like I was starting to get the controls down as you know I was playing a little bit more. Obviously, you know you don't have to be as good at them. But um, I wonder if I have time to play. I will game say before we talk about it. <laughs> I know I won't. I got too much to do. But. uh Anyways, I enjoyed it. It was really fun. I can't wait to get something that I can play uh, Survivor on because I know that one's got to be good too. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's about all I have going on with me. I'm ready to watch Ahsoka sometime this evening. I'll try and watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, but, uh, again, we will talk about Ahsoka next week because, like I said, I know Ahsoka's, when, when this episode is going to come out, Ahsoka's already been out for almost a week i know we're not rec- now we're we'll need to talk before. about we'll need to talk yeah we'll need to talk about this um because if if the goal or the plan is that every week we talk about the last episode of ahsoka which would be two weeks after the fact um one we'll need to talk about that and that might be a little bit too late to the party uh but two i'll have to watch them which means i have to keep up mm-hmm. It, it won't be that long because I think they're only they're only releasing like eight or so episodes, right? Yeah, I don't think it's that many. It's but, gonna uh, be a shorter one. But yeah, I don't think it's yeah. that many. But well, okay. Uh, next week we are talking about Empire, the Empire Strikes Back. So we'll definitely be talking about Star Wars, even though what's new with you? Because yeah. we always do. But um... <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars now. I yeah. hey, earlier in the earlier in the podcast when I made the comment about uh, Anakin and Padme with the chemistry thing. I was I was gonna say that that was my one Star Wars reference for the episode, but then I forgot that I finished Fallen Order and Mandalorian. And I had to talk about that in What's New mm. with You. So, oh, okay. So, but we did get to the main podcast. Talk, we did get yeah. to the main podcast. Yeah, talking about Mandalorian. Come back to Mandalorian. I know you mentioned that like twenty minutes ago, but um, one thing I didn't want to talk about. So you you mentioned like the um the ending, and uh, you know, I feel like the the ending was good and i know it was very tame but i like the fact that they didn't try to top the ending of season two because i don't think they could top the ending of season two you know also i see season two remind me how that ends luke okay yeah never mind yeah well i also think like like you think about it too so you know, season one was ramping everything up. Season two was like the peak. And then season three is like finishing everything off, mm-hmm. you know? So it doesn't, it, it didn't need to be, you know, the huge dramatic reveal like that. It just needed to, to end, you know? And it's good ended. Yeah. Now, obviously they can bring him back and I hope they bring um, Din Djarin back. And I hope we see more of, of Grogu or Din Grogu now. But 
I I don't think they need to make another season no, of Mandalore. No, the, I, the Mandalorian. No, I feel like we're going to see Din Djarin and Bo-Katan in Heir to the Empire. That would be good. I feel because I feel because so so obviously this last season, like yes, it was its its main goal was to wrap up the Mandalorian, but it also you know. Laid, laid more of the foundation for the Ahsoka series. Well, that also, they do mention Thrawn some in his return. That's what I mean, yeah. Uh, because Thrawn's going, to be so, the, Thrawn's going to be the main villain in the Ahsoka series, and I feel like the Ahsoka series is going to lead directly into Heir of the Empire. Heir of the Empire, yeah. Do you think Mando is going to show up in, um, in the Ahsoka series? I don't know. Possibly. Now, one thing I do hope that we get in the Ahsoka series. Mm. So, okay, so do you remember how they left Rebels? Like, the the end of Rebels? It's been a while. About all I remember of that. I think I think I remember enough about it where they, they with Thrawn and Ezra going off into deep space or in the outer regions, and then Ahsoka and um... Uh, not Bo-Katan. What's her other, her, what's the other girl's name? Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. Them talking or whatever. Yeah, so um, I remember that so stuff. You remember which which the the trailer scene? The trailer scene has like yeah, live it's, action it's of that scene, which is cool. But um, yeah. But uh, okay, so I saw the parallels for it. So Ahsoka and Sabine are looking for Ezra. That's what. That's where mm-hmm. this the series is going to pick up. So one yeah. thing I kind of one reference that I would l- absolutely love to see is uh so if um like okay so let's basically they're they're looking for Ezra they hear you know uh stories of like a Jedi hiding on this planet and they go to you know go to this planet and they end up finding. An older Cal Kestis. I do hope that they bring Cal Kestis onto the big screen or into the into the live or into the um because you get okay. I'm getting at into mo- into TVs and movie shows because like he does such a good job as a character. I would love to see where he is after the end of Survivor, which and, neither one of us have played, so I don't know if we well, you and, know much about it, but I don't. I think Survivor is also supposed to take place before. Well, you know, it is supposed to take place before, uh, um, at least before. Still before episode four, right? I don't know if it's before episode four, but it's at least before Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because the Empire stole thing. But um, yeah. No, like and and Cameron Monaghan, you know who who mm-hmm. uh, did the mocap for Cal Kestis, like he is Cal Kestis. Cal, you know, Cal Kestis looks exactly yeah. like Cam- Cameron Monaghan. So they yeah. could just get Cameron Monaghan in. And have him play an older Cal Kestis after Return of the Jedi. I would love mm-hmm. to see that. That would be really, really cool. Oh, also, you think about it too, um, specifically with Bo-Katan, and, but like um, they they are starting to bring to, to to level it out where it's like you know you have a live action character, you have an animated character. They're both like Bo-Katan was one of them that was in both. Darth Maul is one that has been live action and animated. So, you know, you have a character like um, Cal Kestis who was mo-capped, 
like um th- i was playing it this weekend and um my sisters were asking about it like you know what it was about all this stuff so taylor ended up looking up a recap of it and she was like oh the actor the voice actor who who plays the character looks a lot like the character you have on the screen and i was like yes yeah, because they did mocap for it and so i was like you know hopefully sometime they'll bring him mm. in as to play Calcas as, as like himself because he looks like you said looks exactly like the guy and if you age him up a little bit for for a role after uh return of the jedi you know he would fit right into that role so hopefully they can start to you know because they you kind of cut in and out there a little bit um all i was saying was just you know they they need to bridge the gap between the video games and the and the shows now one thing that i kind of uh wanted to see and i kind of half expected to see so in bad batch I'll spoil the ending. I haven't seen the last like three episodes. I think this. I I know some of the stuff, but I think you know. Either, I'd rather not. This was either season one or early season two, so you've already seen this episode. Okay. But uh, cool. they go to this like uh, junkyard planet. Yeah. And, and you know they're like recovering stuff from a crashed venator. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that I, I haven't seen that episode in, in a while, but I seem to remember that that planet was Braca. Bracca uh, is the planet that you start on in Fallen mm-hmm. Order. Yeah. I think that was a missed opportunity to have a young Calcestis right after Order 66. Because he would have just been landing on the planet, right? Yep. Like, well, yep. I guess he wouldn't have just been landing on the planet because that the events of that would have taken place probably at least a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to months after Order 66, and he landed after Order 66. But, um, you, yeah, they could have showed a young... But then, but you also have to think about the fact like he went he went into hiding and was basically yeah. quiet for the first couple of years. So you do have to think, well, how would that play into yeah. you know the video game and, start and off? Get... So maybe 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 it was an Easter egg ask you know something yeah. like that. And we need to change subjects because now I want to ask you about what you thought about the Order sixty six sequence, and we need to save that for um yeah. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we need to save that. Anyway, um, yeah. So come back in like, well, I think it's scheduled for October. We might push it up to September, but come back in the, the next month or two, and we will have to talk yeah. about Fallen Order. So come back next week and listen to us talk about something else, and then come back the week after and listen yeah. to us talk about something else, week, and then keep coming back. Well, next week we are talking about Empire Strikes Back, so we are still talking about yes. Star Wars. So. And if you're interested in the Ahsoka series, we'll probably catch up on that in the next What's New With You. So, a lot of Star Wars coming next next week, as opposed yep. to every other episode that is Star Wars free, obviously. Sarcasm loading. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've worn that shirt whenever we've been doing the... I have a shirt that says Sarcasm Loading, which I don't really need it. My, my, my sarcasm is like... Uh, it was funny. Um, I went uh, a couple weekends ago um to help out a friend um that uh, lives up in virginia i was helping him out with uh, some stuff around his house um he, he they, they just recently built his house and so i was helping him do some stuff 
and he saw the shirt and he was like he was like uh sarcasm loading he was like i don't i don't need that it's like my my sarcasm's on uh, one of those fiber octave cables <laughs> just come straight in <laughs> i was like your sarcasm was already loaded i was like i was like i would i need that shirt you know it's like uh <laughs> it's already loaded because i was like i i i talk like that i talk like my sarcasm well, is on fiber optics as opposed to and that's one thing i tell people when i when i first meet people i'm just like <laughs> Yeah, one thing you need to know about me is English is my second language. I am fluent in sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Some people are spared. Most are not. But anyways. Oh, no. I'm... Yeah. So come back anytime to listen to us talk about Star Wars and sarcasm. Well, we don't talk about sarcasm. Well, that's actually one thing I, t- I... That defeats the purpose. That's actually one thing I've also told people. I'm just like. If I am not like super sarcastic with you, that probably means that I I either don't like you or I don't know you that well. Yeah, that's one thing. Is like uh, I'm I'm very much the same way, you know. Where like people are like, "Man, why are you being so mean to me?" And I'm like, "No, this is me showing you I like you. Mm-hmm. If I don't like you, I don't talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you." <laughs> David, I don't want to talk to you. Take a hint. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. You're right. I don't. My head's too hard. I, I'm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, remember what we were talking about last week? I'm going to take your head and bash it into a sink, and we're going to discover how time travel works. Okay, that works. I feel, I feel like I feel like Ezra had a less violent way of figuring out how time travel worked. But if we're going to figure out how to make the flux capacitor, I think I'm going to need to bash your head into a sink. Actually, through through a sink. Through. We just need sufficient sufficient head trauma in a bathroom. All right, I can definitely help you with that. <laughs> uh, we'll have a me- we'll have a meeting scheduled for next Thursday, and I will do that. Okay. All right. Do you have anything else, David? Well, I feel like this is actually going to be a really short one, which last week is actually. I know. I was looking at it too, but uh. Well, well, we had we had a two hour long one that was really long, so I I think think short might be. I mean, okay, we we made it may have been short, but I think we made an effective use of our time here. Um. That's that's the important thing. Is it's got to sound like a conversation, and eventually I get tired of talking to you, and so yeah. I need to. So go. I feel like we do need to be wrapping up here. Next week, though, will probably be longer because we can talk about Star Wars for hours. So yes, <laughs> oh, that that really is a thing. So so we're 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 basically the past two weeks we're taking off time so that we can be ready to talk longer. Mm-hmm. Plus, David, I'm on vacation, and you're making me work. I mean, you said you wanted to, so... I said I would. Also, we gotta be consistent. I mean, I'm not taking time off for anything else, so... True. I gotta... True. I gotta keep it up going, so... But but we can cut it short. I we feel like we double, did we well, did well enough. We doubled up next... Or last week, because we were talking about something that came out this past weekend. <laughs> You're a smart one. <clears throat> I got to work on other things this weekend anyways. Honestly, it's still it's st- I'm still on vacation 
whether I have work to do with this or not, because my schedule is so booked as it usually as on a normal week that the amount of free time I have now is just I'm good to go. All right. Well, right. well, you ready for an outro? I'm ready for an outro. If you are. No, let's go to Star Wars. So long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So see, there's this guy named C-3PO, and he had his buddy named R2-D2. And see, they were actually droids. They weren't guys. You were supposed to cut after I said a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You weren't supposed to talk. Well, explorers, that's all the time we have for today. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in the comments down below. Or you can DM us on Instagram at DownTheRabbitTrailYT. From there, I say something. Oh, yes. Make sure to tell your friends, spread the word if you enjoyed this, and join us next week on The Trailcast. I don't know why I always forget that line. (laughs) 